Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Give Up the Grind with your hosts, Dr. Greta Anderson and Kevin R. McGee. Insights and offerings for building your best life on your terms. Every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Cat Builder Radio Network. To listen to this and other great past shows, go to www.catbuilderradionetwork.com or subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Give Up the Grind. Welcome, definitely welcome. Welcome to Give Up the Grind, where we focus on insights and offerings for building your best life on your terms. I'm Dr. Greta Anderson, and along with and my I'm Kevin. co-host, Kevin. Kevin, doing, Kevin? I'm doing awesome, Greta. How are you doing, Dr. Greta Anderson? I'm doing great. You having a good Wednesday? Yeah, I'm having a good Wednesday. I'm having a give up the grind Wednesday. You know, I've been grinding a little bit this week, so I need okay. to try to, you know, give it up a little bit, try to get a little R&R this weekend, you know, try okay. to relax a little well, bit. What about yourself? How's your week that, going? It's been going, and it's been going fast. It's been a good week. It just seems like this week is, this has been one giant day, but it's been a very Riley. good week, so... Never, never complaining. So looking forward to an interesting and exciting weekend. Actually going to be able to spend some time with uh, family and friends. So I'm looking cool. forward to that. You travel? Yeah. You travel? So in the, travel? I'm traveling. Okay. I'm going, uh, going, I'm going northbound. I'm going uh, to Ohio uh, to uh, participate okay. in um, a Pioneer Tournament. It's what it's called. Pioneer Tournament is a golf tournament at Clearview Golf Course. The Pioneer okay. Tournament. Yeah, okay. Clearview Golf Course. Headed to the uh, Midwest. Course. You headed to the great Midwest, headed back yeah, to, yeah. To, the, to, the, to the hood, I guess, to the roots of it yeah, all. So, yeah, yeah, so I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Good, good. I just so, left yeah, the Midwest so, as well earlier this week. That's right. You were there speaking. Yeah, right? yeah, I was, in, uh, yeah, I was up, in, up in Chi-Town, the Windy City. All right. In Chicago yeah. speaking. I uh, had, a, had a very good time up there. Chicago is beautiful. Only this time of the mm-hmm. year. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, only in the yeah. summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's a beautiful city. It's just it it can get chilly up there, and uh, you yeah, know, it gets a, chilly. A, a southerner at this point, yeah, it's it's a, it's a little nigga, but a beautiful yeah. town, beautiful people, and I'm yeah. sure it was a great offering, um, a great event yeah. there. So I'm glad yeah, glad you got was, to get that in. Was, yeah, was. so, so, so listeners, I want today, to remind well, you, we are talking about the importance of being authentic, which. Is more than just keeping it real. So let's just go ahead and clarify that up front. And while I'm saying that, listeners, I want to invite you to participate in the conversation. Feel free to call in, ask a question, or give your uh, provide your input. Our number is two six seven five two one zero one zero five. Again, two six seven five two one zero one zero five. So yeah, Kevin, we are talking about the importance of keeping it real. Authentic. And keeping it real. Um, it's a little more than keeping it real. So I know right. that um, these days when we hear the word authentic, you know, we hear it thrown around quite a bit. All the time. Days. All the time. All the time. You know, I mean, it's authentic this, authentic that. You can be in the grocery store, the hair salon, you name it. It's about authentic, right? Authentic. Um, yeah, authentic. 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 It can mean lots of different things to different folks, you know, and define different ways, you know, 
But, like, when you hear the word authentic, Kevin, what comes to mind, you know, kind of when you think about your journey as as a person and as a business yeah. owner, business builder? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a um, – um, that's that's a that's a very good question, you know, and I think uh, it's one that, quite honestly, I'm still sort of struggling with, uh, not struggling, but still kind of growing with, even as I get, you know, older. I think when you're younger, I, I think it changes. You know, I think, you know, tr- being truly authentic is going to change, right? Because if it's if you're authentic, you're being who you are, and as people, we grow and we change over time, you know. And so I think for me as a business owner, when I think about being authentic, I always kind of think about things like, you know, character, uh, integrity, you know, commitment. You know, so I think of kind of, I think, larger concepts when I think about being authentic and kind of, you know, quote, unquote, you know, keeping it real. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think those are really, you know, things about being, you know, authentic. And I think, you know, when you do that as a person, I think that kind of shows through you know, in your business, you know what I'm saying? I think it, it kind of, you know, bleeds through and, and kind of helps, you know, you, you be a little bit more authentic. I think, you know, I think it's a little different when you kind of learn things throughout your business journey, even as you learn things about yourself, um, you know, because I know for myself for a while, you know, I think you have a habit of kind of looking at other successful business people or other successful business models and you sort of say, hey, you know, they're successful. Maybe I can do something like them, right, or I can do something mm-hmm. like that, you know. Right. Uh, and it's good to model, but you got to be real careful that you don't try to duplicate. You know what I'm saying? Modeling is a little different. I can look at what you're doing. I can take yeah. some from it, but I still have to put my own spin on it and my own kind of, like you said, you know, authentic on there. So, But it's 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 a difficult journey. What, what, well, let me ask you this. I mean, I know mm-hmm. – you started businesses and, 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 you know, we talk about authentic, uh, mm-hmm. in addition to talking about being authentic with your business, what about like being authentic kind of in, in, in the world of golf, of like golf swings? I've always wondered about that. Right. I mean, every golfer I see kind of has his, his or her own different thing. You know what I'm saying? Yes, that is very true. There are, I mean, we're talking about the golf swing. There are, some essential components of the swing that really matter. Like, for example, what goes on at impact really, really matters. Impact when the club meets the ball. That really, really matters. What doesn't matter as much as people may think is what happens in the backswing, for example. So, as you said, you may see 100 100 people and you see 100 different swings, essentially. And that is kind of a natural byproduct of the fact that when you're viewing 100 different people, you're seeing 100 different people. We aren't right. alike. True, true. That's true. Very true. Very true. So there are common threads there, but we're different people. I mean, how, how, could hits- our, how could my swing be like someone who's a foot shorter than me? <laughs> whose arms may right. be the same length as mine, though they're a foot shorter than me and their trunk is half the, 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 the length of mine. How could our swing right. look like? Right, right. How do you think you get comfortable, though, being, you know, so let's let's take the, the infamous Charles Barkley, right? He's real authentic yes. with his swing, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. I don't know how effective he is, but he is authentic with that, and he has to embrace that. Correct. 
<laughs> okay, okay. I was just checking, just checking, make sure you know. Yeah. But he's authentic with it. Okay, he's authentic <laughs> with it, and I think it part of his authenticity uh, with his swing and his golf game is 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 the fact that he um, is very upfront about his frustration and some of the fears and insecurities that continue to drive um, his less than ideal swing. Right. Do you think, do you, do you see how that correlates, um, you know, sometimes into business? You know, I know a lot of people who play golf and are business people, entrepreneurs, business owners, they, they, they sometimes equate certain things in that arena to the business world. Do you think that some of that equates well, to the business world mm-hmm. as well? Well, absolutely. I mean, as you know, I spent a good bit of time talking to folks about golf, I mean, as a teaching professional. But I also spend time talking to people as a business professional, business builder, business leader. And I, I often say golf is the ultimate metaphor for life in many ways. So absolutely, um, to answer your question, absolutely. Golf and that authenticity, yes, they, there's a real parallel there. Let me ask you this. What do you think, like, when, when, when people are starting businesses? So, you know, we have a lot of listeners out there sure. that are starting a business, have a business mm-hmm. idea, and they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out, you know, how, how do I – I guess the thing is how do I be, be unique and be authentic without trying to look like I'm being unique and being authentic? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's, sort of, it's sort of like if, you know – Sometimes you, I like, I like the. Uh, they had some uh, YouTube videos a while back, and it was like when keeping it real goes wrong, right? <laughs> and there yeah. were these pictures of people, <laughs> you know, who were like, you know, trying to keep it real, but it like went went really, really, really bad, you know. Left. So it went left. It went left real fast. It went left real fast. And I think sometimes, you know, um, I see people, and this is a real, this is a, this is an honest to God, true, true story. This mm-hmm. is kind of an example, but I once had a. A, a gentleman who was getting ready to start a business, and he wanted to start uh, a business in the arena dealing with like pets, with dogs specifically. And his idea was to have a doggy wash, like a doggy car wash. Like you would take the dogs, put them in these, um, you know, kind of all metal cages where the water could go in. You'd put goggles on them, and then you'd run them on a conveyor belt. <laughs> I'm serious. You would run them like on a conveyor wash, belt. No less, not a hand wash, an auto. No, like an auto wash. You would put them on a conveyor auto, belt. Auto, right? Like and a drive-through auto wash. Right, yes. right. But you would put the goggles on them so so they wouldn't get soap in their eyes, and you oh, would wow. just and they would just get blasted with water. You know, and he was mm. he was he was dead serious. You know, I mean, he mm. was dead serious. You know, and I was like, hmm, I don't know. That might be a little too unique and authentic. Yeah, you know? I don't. That. You know, but but know then again, but you know, but but, like but if but if you think about it though, um, if you think back to when let's say automobiles were just kind of coming 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 around, it was probably pretty foreign to think about putting them on some conveyor belts and running them through a through a through a car wash like we do now. You know, so I, I couldn't necessarily but they shoot don't live and breathe. Hundred <laughs> percent. But they don't live and breathe, Kevin. They're cars. <laughs> I, here's my rule of thumb, I would think. If you feed it, if it sleeps and it walks, it probably doesn't need to be cleansed on a conveyor belt. It, okay, okay. But the that point was I was making, but the, but the point, and it, that, that's a true story. I did not make that. That is a true no, story. No, I, I, I believe you. 
I've mean, heard yeah. a lot. Be here all but, uh, yeah, you you hear you hear all sorts of yeah. ideas and people have some yeah. very unique and authentic ideas and I guess yeah. you know the question is, you know, what would you say sometimes is a good litmus test on and again, you don't want to necessarily um you know, be be derogatory towards someone's idea, but as an entrepreneur, no. No. You know, what do you think is, is are some good things that can serve as a good litmus test for is this a valid idea, you know, or not? Is this a unique and authentic mm-hmm. idea or, or is this just something that's just so crazy I need to just kind of abandon it? Well, I found in my experience in um, starting business and, and advising people, you know, as you said, are interested in exploring the notion of building out an idea to an enterprise is that you do have to think about is this something that an individual would pay for? I mean, at the end of the day, a business is about, there's a transactional component to it. Is this something that, one, uh, you know, people would pay for? Two, I mean, and this is not necessarily in order because for me this is a very big deal. Does it align with me from an ethical and moral standpoint? Right, that's big, right. That's big. I mean, you know, for some, the dollar drives everything, and, and no heat, no judgment here, but for Greta, that is not the case. So that's a big one. And then um, I would say, you know, like, again, in, in, in no uncertain order, as we are just discussing here, can I come up with uh, or is it possible to make this actionable? I mean, because there's sometimes an idea, and it and it sounds good, but it's just not actionable at this time. Maybe based right. on resources, timing, a plethora of, of of variables. But that sometimes that's not always available at that moment. Timing can right. be everything. So yeah. those would be kind of some of the things that that I would would probably mention to someone if I were advising. I think you know. I think for me. Um, you know, one of the big ones that I that I had to learn very early on was, you know, does does this particular business idea solve a problem? Right? Is is it yeah. something that people want? Does it solve a problem? Is it something that they want? Because what 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 I found, and this was true for me when I first started, was that you have a great idea about a business, you think everybody's going to love it. Your mother and your father and your sister and your brother tell you it's a great idea, right? They tell you, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to work. You know, you're going to awesome. be well. It'll be awesome. You're gonna, right, right. You're going to be awesome. <laughs> and you start the business, and it's like crickets, right? It's like crickets. And so I think the other thing is that you have to do some level of kind of, of testing of your ideas around people that are not in your immediate circle and really try to see, sure. you know, how how authentic, you know, is that idea and, and how do people really relate to that idea is it something that, that they can that they can kind of gravitate towards is it something that they you know are comfortable with is it something to like you said is it something that they would pay for you know or is it something that is not that big of a deal for people you know I think some entrepreneurs kind of get a thing in their head where oh this is going to be great everybody wants it well how do you know right. that have you asked everybody <laughs> you know right right we lose all objectivity when it comes to our own ideas and design that is the one Definitely. thing that uh, new and budding entrepreneurs must remember. When you're looking at your own idea in the mirror, very seldom are you being objective. That takes a little right. bit of practice. And even with the most seasoned, you still have oh, to, It's yours. Yeah. 
you know, you're going to see so your glasses are going to be a smidgen rosy at the very least. And so that is right. when it becomes important to um, develop a set of trusted advisors. Um, I have the good fortune of, of having a background in research, so I'm pretty good at throwing together a focus group or um, a solid survey instrument or something and, and, and fielding it. But that information is invaluable because I really can tell you that I've had numerous ideas that I thought were just the greatest thing since sliced bread. And once I uh, get a little bit of inquiry, I realize that this this probably isn't worth it right, right at this time. Because, again, at I this say time. Again, timing can be everything. Yeah, I, I, I think time and I also think, you know, a good way for, you know, startups to think about it is, Ideas are really like rough drafts, you know. I, I mean, almost never when when a, when you get an idea, even even the most successful entrepreneurs, if you read their stories, when they got the initial idea of what they wanted to do, that's often not what made it to market. You know, you know, what I'm saying Correct. what actually made it to okay. market is very Correct. very different. So when you sure. get that idea in your head, you don't necessarily go out and make some business cards and incorporate and start selling the idea. You know, you want to kind of right. test it a little bit, take it through some more drafts do some focus groups, polish it up, mm-hmm. and then you right. kind of present, you know, the, the finished product. And then, and then it's authentic, right, because it's been through a process. Right. You know, it's been exactly. through a process, and you've kind of been able to put your stamp on it. Cool. And that process is so uh, so important. I don't think that can be overstated, yeah, that process. Yeah, you got yeah. to have the process. The process Great. is key. You have to have a process, yeah, and every every process may look a little bit different, but you need to work work through it, work through the idea to get it to the next phase. So, you know, Kevin, I, and I know, you know, authenticity, keeping it real, I'm sure there are some listeners out there this week going like, okay, mm, I thought we were talking about the things that help me build out this business or, uh, you know, make my life better. And I want everyone to understand that this is a really big part of doing all of those things, though it may oh, not seem like it. All this, this is, this is, I won't say the root of it, but it's a big part of it. A huge a part, and part we will be yeah. getting deeper into this subject in just a few more minutes. We're going to go to a break, and we will be back with give up. The grind, our topic for the day. Give it up. How to be authentic and more than just keeping it real. Oh my goodness. You mean to tell me you haven't heard yet? You don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, wait a minute. Let me break it down and make it plain. On August 13, 2017, one of the greatest events is going to take place. This is the 6th Annual Nonprofit Trinity Awards that's going to be taking place at the Porter Sanford Performing Arts Center. Now listen, men, you've got to have your swag. Women, you've got to wear your finest, your gowns, because at 5 p.m., there's going to be a photo op session. Yes, people are going to walk down the red carpet, have their photos taken. It is going to be wonderful. Mix and mingle, they'll be all dirt. 
what is this all about? Well, let me tell you. On August 13, 2017, at the Porter Stanford Performing Arts Center, it's going to be the Nonprofit Trinity Awards, the sixth annual one, that is. For more information, you've got to go to www.nonprofittrinityawards.org. Don't miss this great event. It's going to be second unto none. you got to be there. Hope to see you. WWE Superstar Alberto Del Rio, take one. Behold the angry giant. Try it again, Alberto. Behold the angry giant. Perfect. Good luck tonight. Behold the angry giant. Yay! Read me another one, Dad. This is WWE Superstar Alberto Del Rio. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. And we're back. Dr. Greta Anderson. Kevin R. McGee, Mr. give Kevin. up the grind. Giving it up. Hey, have you have you been paying attention to the uh, news lately and heard about what's going on with Amazon and Whole Foods? Yes, I have. I'm a little nervous. What? what, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Why, why, why now, are you a little nervous about Amazon well, now, buying it's, Whole it's, Foods? You always you bring up questions that are so timely. <laughs> when I when I hear them on the surface, I go like, "What what is he asking me?" But this <laughs> this is the perfect example of my concerns about loss of potential loss of authenticity. My greatest fear is that my beloved Whole Foods is going to lose its identity, its authenticity. What? Yes. They're going to keep it real. No, no, no. Let me me, me explain. I have a love-hate relationship with Amazon. Amazon is great. We all know you can order everything on the planet, shows up at your door, like, magically. Um, At the same time, I've always been fearful of the fact that this is change. It changes a constant in in our lives. We know that. But it's changing the very face of retail and um, human interaction. Like people may not think about it, that it's, I was having a discussion maybe a month ago with, with, with uh, someone and her argument or since their argument, her, her point was I love Amazon and I'm totally okay with the fact that, you know, I can get my groceries from, from there and they can deliver this like basically everything I need. And I said, that is not my issue. The issue comes when, First of all, Amazon, as we know, is not philanthropic. I mean, they're a business, a big business, huge business. Definitely, huge business. There will come a point when that Kroger or that Publix or that Harris Teeter or whatever just can't, can no longer withstand the pressure, and it's not on the corner. Now, you may not think it's a big deal right now, but there is a real need for a local store. Community. There are, is community. a real need for people to have jobs. I like community. Right. And so I just see this rapid, you know, infusion of Amazon into every tentacle of our lives as kind of treading down a, a path that's, I mean, that's not going to always be as great as people think it is. That's just my fear. Yeah, I, I think uh, I would agree with you. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a very – big fan of, I mean, I love going, I mean, I'm a health nut, you know, I mean, I'm 
vegetarian, mm-hmm. pescatarian. So I love going into Whole Foods and shopping around. But at the same time, you know, the whole work-life balance, give up the grind thing makes Amazon almost a necessity, you know, in terms of being able to kind of have stuff delivered. Um, and, you know, and Whole Foods has Instacart delivery. So I'm, I'm, kind, I'm kind of torn. You know, I'm torn. I'm, I'm, I'm torn because, I mean, it's, it's, you know, because you don't really know how it's going to be, but you don't want Whole Foods down the line to have so, so much pressure from an Amazon uh, parent company that they start right. compromising the quality of their and food losing and their standards. Their identity. Of, of, their, yeah, which is what identity. which is what made them that was their authentic self. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now you know what's interesting well, though about the whole thing, and this is a good lesson uh, for the listeners. Now Amazon is huge, they can do whatever they want to mm-hmm. do, but they even mm-hmm. tested the market because when they, before they bought Whole Foods, they started something called Amazon Fresh and uh, in a few select yeah, but it, it it didn't work so well, but they learned from it. You see what I'm saying? So right. I, think, I think it was just kind right. of a learning thing that they were doing. I think they were just sort of testing the waters to see. And so they just said, hey, we'll just buy. <laughs> we'll just buy right. Whole Foods. Well, I, exactly. You know. Well, I am heartened by the fact that, exactly, as you said, they ran this at Amazon Fresh. And what they learned is that when that particular location had more than, I think, the number was 10 people, basically the right. systems went haywire. The baskets just, you know, everything just went nuts up. So right. I am hurt right. by the fact that they learned that maybe trying to automate the entire store is not the idea. Who knows, you know, when you have that kind, those kind of resources, who knows what, what they will come up with. But I will say that when uh, you initially asked me the question and I stated that I'm a little, I'm a little fearful of it is because one of the things that um, I do enjoy, I enjoy that experience. It's an experience. It's an experience for me when I go to Whole Foods. I, yes, I'm there to buy groceries and produce and that type of thing. But I enjoy the experience. I enjoy dialoguing with the very knowledgeable people that work there. I enjoy right. the fact that that's a great workplace in the community. I enjoy that I can go there and pick up groceries and have lunch or dinner or breakfast or everything in between. I love that. Well, maybe they'll have like and a I'm just, I don't want that to thing. go away. Like a chat thing, like when you buy something there, you can like go online and like ask a question in a person's face, or like an avatar pop up or something, and you can like like the bank talk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you've used that feature at some of these, you know, behemoth banks uh, like Bank of America, but boy, oh boy, I wow, that's 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 another discussion for another. Yeah. no, Kevin, I think. I mean, so, but you know, Amazon is uh, corporate. I mean, they're, they're, they're super corporate, yeah. you know, big corporate, yeah. and Whole Foods is corporate too. It makes me makes me think about, you know, you know, the time that I've worked in corporate America. You know, I've worked in mm-hmm. corporate America before, you know, periodically sure. throughout throughout my career, and, and so have you. You know, what do you know? What do you think about, you know, let's say people that are either in that environment or transitioning sure. from that environment or in that environment, in that corporate environment, and operating. Mm-hmm a business at the same time, you know, how difficult, you know, do you think it is for those individuals or their managers or what have you to really work at, you know, kind of being authentic as themselves, right, you know, in in terms of carrying out the missions of the company Mm -hmm. and the department and then having to kind of switch gears and, you know, become whoever they need to become for their business? Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, in my career as as a as a worker and as a manager in the corporate world. I think that 
um, the development of authenticity in that environment is not, I won't say it's not a whole lot different, but there are some, definitely some common threads. Um, when I look back, and I'll take it from the perspective of having been a manager and, of course, having a manager. I, one of my best managers, I remember I'm, he was not a manager when I originally joined the organization. So I kind of watched him, his trajectory up through the management leadership ranks. And I remember, I remember having this discussion with him. When he be, first went into promoted and moved into a managerial role, he was horrible at it because he wasn't being himself. He was right. absolutely a nightmare. I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm so glad he's not my manager. Could he, could he have been himself, or was he, did he have to be somebody else for his manager or, or the corporate? Well, it goes back know, to what you were speaking of a few minutes ago. He was, he was modeling. It was a uh, model what he had seen, you know. It, and, and in some ways, this happens because we've all heard the phrase "fake it till you make it." He was faking <laughs> right. it until he could make right. it. He was faking it, right? He and so, as he, you know, took took some bumps and some knocks and, and had some important learnings along the way, he really developed um, into an exceptional manager, an exceptional leader, and he was he was his true self which is what made him a great manager. Now, I think that all of us, whether, again, if that's in, in a corporate environment or as a leader um, of your own uh, small business or enterprise, go through that process. I, I mean, self-discovery, you know, becoming comfortable in um, your own skin is a very big deal. Um, yeah. When it comes to your own business, I mean, I can speak to that um, for my regarding myself because it's it's, um, it's very interesting. I was thinking about this as we were um, exploring our topic for this week, and I can say that in my earlier years as a business owner and builder, um, I honestly can look back now and say that I was definitely building the types of enterprises that screened stability and probably, frankly, excited others a little bit more than they excited me. That doesn't right. mean that they weren't good businesses. They were good. They were um, – I'm just like anybody else when it comes to building a business. I desire profitability and positive cash flow, so don't get me wrong. Those things are <laughs> very important and very good things in your business. But I will say that time has helped me – see the importance of the business's mission being very closely aligned to my passion. And for me, that's how I've gotten to, if you will, a more authentic place, if if that's how we want to describe it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I was doing some research, too, um, and I actually found this out some years ago while kind of, you know, thinking about a similar topic around, you know, kind of authenticity, excuse me, uh, mm-hmm. kind of keeping mm-hmm. it real, so to speak. And there was a study that was done, and it talked about how in the West, the Western Hemisphere, particularly, you know, United States, sure, the level of schizophrenia is dramatically higher than anywhere else in the world. And And what they were saying, yeah, what they were saying was that 
part of that is that, you know, in the United States, we have a lot of corporate corporate culture, right? Let's say more so than other places. Yes. A lot of, lot of large Fortune 500 companies, a lot of the major companies, and a large percentage, and even beyond those, we have large governmental agencies with a lot yes. of policies, procedures, very institutionalized. And so SOP, with most yes. of mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, with most of the population working in, in, in one of those, you know, two, two organizations, they were saying that people were having to get up in the morning, be one person for themselves and their family, go to work, put on another hat, become another person right at work, you know, behave a, a certain way because, you know, you know, your hair has to be short. You can't look like this. You can't wear that. You can't say these things. You can't act like this, right? You know, so all these kind of mandates are put on them. Then they would come back home and have to switch gears again. If they were involved in the organization, they might have to put on another hat. And so they were saying literally that people were developing you know, schizophrenia because their mind wasn't able to shift gears mm, <laughs> you know, wow. on a continuous basis, you know, uh, wow. and it sounds kind of crazy, but when you think about but it, it makes you know, I, it makes a lot of sense. And when you think about when you've maybe been on, on jobs or corporate jobs and you have some employees and it's sort of like, man, what's wrong with them? Why are they stressed out? You know, that's, that might be a large, a large part of it. You know, they're, they're, they're behaving right. in a way that's not really themselves. And I think, you know, when you do start your own business, uh, whether you're in corporate America, leave corporate America, or, or what have you, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for you to kind of put your own personal uh, kind of touch on a business. You know, one of the reasons I always encourage people to start businesses, whether whether they, you know, want to continue to work at, at a corporation or a company or not, I always encourage people to start businesses because I think that's one of the ways that you can really have your own space and have your own thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, have your own. Of yourself. It's yeah. an ex- exactly, and a lot of people think that entrepreneurship is really about starting a business, making money, making a product. And really, if you look at again at the most successful entrepreneurs, it's not. It's really about an expression of who you are as a person and what you want people to know about you, right? Through your products, exactly. through your services, and, and and I think that's when you kind of have you know, the levels of authenticity when people say, hey, this is who I am and this is something that I'm really, really passionate about and so I want to turn it, I want to turn it into a business as opposed to, hey, I want to start a business selling widgets. Well, do you like widgets? No, not really. Well, that, why are you starting a business <laughs> selling widgets? That is heard, a biggie, Kevin. I was that watching the news. Biggie. Right, I was watching the news and they said widgets were the best thing to start a business in, you know. Right. So, but do you, you have as to you be said, do you like widgets? Do you care about widgets? <laughs> do you have an interest in widgets? It's very all what you said is so very interesting and true because I will say this. Um I am a a very private person. And so it takes a lot more than a lot of people may realize for me to be out front and to speak and, and do all those things. I'm not I'm growing in my comfort with it, let me say that. I'm not uncomfortable, but I'm growing into my comfort with it. But as as a newer uh, business builder, I will say that I, in retrospect, I can see that I built my business to support my needs or desire for privacy. I could have cared less that you knew what my business did. Right. 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 And so, I mean, I, it's just. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, it's just that, uh, you know, upon uh, reflection, 
we gain wisdom and we can see lots of things. So these are types of things that, you know, I share with, with buddies, business builders, you know. Right. Your, your personality, the essence of you is going to be in your business. It doesn't matter if you're making widgets or selling bean pies. I love it's going bean to be there. They're great. <laughs> they're great. <laughs> they are. They're hard to come by they're now. Great. You know, they're hard. They're hard to well, come by. Well, did you grab one while you're in Chicago? You know what? I didn't even. I didn't think mm-hmm. about it. I should have did that. I was actually. I was on the other side of town. This shit was Chicago. Okay. I was, okay. I was. I was. I was. I was. I was, I was on the. I was on the. What do they call it? The the, the golden. The million dollar. Was, mile. What do they call the, it? You were on the mile. Yeah, you're on the mile. Yeah, I was well, on yeah, the mile. Yeah. So next time, but that personality, next time you're going to get the empire, but that personality, um, your true self, which is essentially, you know, what drives your, is the, is the, is the root of authenticity is going to be in there. So um, that's important to understand. Um, and also, it's, uh, it's important to understand simply because there's no getting away from yourself. Oh, ever, never, never. So you can never embracing get away from that, yourself. right? I mean, so what about you, Kevin? I mean, how has um, you know kind of becoming comfortable in, own, in your own skin affected your your business? Yeah, like I said, you know, honestly, I'm still I'm I'm still doing that. You know, I'm still. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it takes a while, you know, because I think I think you change, you know, as as your life changes. So I'm I'm kind of, I think I have a new skin now, you know. You know, I'm doing the public mm-hmm. speaking thing, kind of building the brand. And and this you know, this past week I spoke uh, at a, at a conference <clears throat> in Chicago, and it was a very very diverse audience. And I've spoken to diverse audiences before. But not as a public speaker, you know. Usually, I was you okay. know, representative of some agency or, or held some office or something like that. But sure. this was the first time speaking, uh, you know, to a group uh, that didn't come from where I came from, didn't look like me per se, didn't have my values. Mm-hmm. weren't They were old. Most of them were older than me, and so I was mm-hmm. a little nervous. You know, be real honest. Okay. With you. I was. I was. I was like, man, you know, you know, how how, how am I going to relate to this sixty-five-year-old? you know, lady. And so, yeah. you know, I, I kind of thought about it. I kind of worked the room a little bit the night before and, 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 and I just said, Hey, I'm just going to be who I am. You know, and I talked about myself, yeah. my past, what I've done, my family, my strengths, my weaknesses, and it resonated and it went very, very well. You know, uh, one speaker yeah. told me something one time that, that I hold true. And she said, you know, whenever you're speaking to audiences, you know, if it's a conference for widgets or if it's a conference for balloons and you're speaking on a particular topic, you know, if you don't know widgets and you don't know balloons, don't try to learn about them and then speak about them. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Because well, I mean, instinctively you, you, you kind of want to say, hey, if I'm speaking to, you know, a conference about widgets, I want to learn a little bit about widgets so they think that I know about widgets, you know, and, and they'll kind of but it, but it, But it doesn't work. It does. It it never works because they're like, he don't know anything about widgets. It doesn't come across. <laughs> this is this right. If I was going to give a, a discussion or lead a discussion or speak to a group of, I don't know, scientists, engineers, God news, I could pick up all kind of books tonight, but by tomorrow I will not 
the right. scientist or an engineer, and they'll they'll sniff it out. That's not they'll the sniff it out immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to figure out, you know, who you are, what you are, and kind of what your gifts are, and then you have to kind of blend that into your business idea, blend that into what you're doing, and then you kind of have, you know, that level of of, of authenticity, and you kind of become the person that you want to be. But you definitely can't change who you are. Uh, to make people happier to build your business. You know, you have to be who you are and, and build your business, you know, around that as you move forward. Exactly. Right. So we're going to take a little bit break here. When we're going to come back, we're going to continue this discussion. Yes, and, yes. Uh, have a few more well, insights here. I'll keep it real. Keeping it authentic. We are giving up, giving up the grind here. John, I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is serious, and I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to when you checked on me? I don't want to leave, but remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range today. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. We want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. And we're back. Give up the grind with Dr. Greta Anderson, yours truly, Kevin McGee, talking today about being authentic, keeping it real. Where did, where did that expression come from? Like, do you remember when that expression first came out? Like, keeping it real. I, it was like a New York, yeah, like I, a New York thing. I think it was. New I think York it thing. was one of those New York kind of hip hop things. I'm thinking. Yo, son. That was a long I'm time ago because I'm feeling like I had an asymmetrical haircut. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big, it's so, a big earrings. It's a big earring. Maybe not the never been a big earring, but definitely an asymmetrical oh. haircut. And I so had, a, I, I had, a, I had an eight ball jacket. There you, oh, there you go. So I'm guessing that was definitely 20th century and yeah, probably century. 80s or something like that. Those were good times, though. So keeping it uh, real, keeping it real. So yeah, so keeping it real. Uh, but it it is a common phrase now. It's a, it's a part of the you know daily vernacular. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, daily vernacular. It is, it is an accurate descriptor. But uh, authenticity is really more than. 
uh, keeping it real, which I would say is more of, I wouldn't say it's a superficial, um, but not as, doesn't go to the depth that I think authenticity does, if that's a fair statement. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's difficult. You know, I think, you know, a lot of people, particularly now, a lot of people wear a lot of different hats. You know, you have people, Maybe. you know, you may be, yeah. You know, you may be active as an officer, let's say, in a nonprofit organization. You may sit on the board. Mm-hmm. You may be an entrepreneur. Uh, you may like Maybe to drink Hennessy on Saturdays. Right. You, know, you might. You might right. Yeah, I'm right. You might like it's, listen to Kendrick Lamar. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's multifaceted. And so it's like, you know, you can't – and sometimes, you know, those things, you know, they – I'm not going to say they shouldn't, but it's difficult for them to kind of kind of bleed over into into – into all of the different areas, you know, where you're at, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think, you know, certain part of your life is private, you know, and it is kind of, you know, you know, what what you do, I think, you know, some, yeah, it's, it's sacred, but sometimes I think I'm not going to use the word envy because that's too strong, but sometimes I think I admire um, entertainers, celebrities, rappers, et cetera, because it seems to me that they're often able to maintain their persona throughout all aspects of their life. That might be good or bad, right? Depending on how you mm-hmm. look at it. Sure. You know, but you know, but they're able to kind of express themselves in whatever they do. You know, and that's kind of not all of them, but but quite a few of them are able to kind of express themselves, you know, in whatever in whatever they do. You know, if they don't want to wear a suit, they don't wear a suit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I mean, right. I mean, they show up to the Grammys right. in a T-shirt and a hat and some gold right. chain. I mean, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, and they I know what do, you mean. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because that's their, yeah. that's who they are. That's kind of their brand, right? So they're well. And I was going to say, like, their brands are rewarded for that nonconformity. It, it, so, like Russell Simmons would be a great example. You're never going to see him without a fat farm ever. shirt, a, a, a ball cap, and a jacket and some titty shoes. But he can be doing so right. yoga. He does do yoga. He can be practicing Absolutely. yoga, saunas, right. or whatever. He's a vegan. He yoga, can be right. in. He's a vegan. He can be in Martha's Vineyard. He can be on, you know, you know, street corner in New York rapping. He can be selling credit cards. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, you know, he kind of keeps that the rush card, right? So he kind of keeps right. it throughout. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's definitely no kind of one size fits all approach to kind of discovering. You know your authentic your your authentic authenticity, but I mean yeah. I definitely think there are probably a few key things that I think we all could kind of benefit from in terms of trying to really identify you know what's authentic for you. So so let's say so what would you say, Greta? Looking at you know all the things that you've done. I mean you you were athlete, you played tennis, you swam, golf, business, PhD, educator. You know so a lot of different you know, things that you've done, uh, but I would say in, in the time that I've known, you're a very real person. You do keep it real, you know what I'm saying? So you're a very authentic person. What would you say have been some of the things that have helped you kind of do all of these very different things but still be very be very authentic as a person? Well, one thing, and I think I mentioned this last week, which is one of my favorite quotes, and I I really am – Feel, always feel very blessed that I was kind of born this way. I look, I am a human being like everyone else, and so I desire approval in that regard. But 
I don't live and die by it. I never really have. And right. so, you know, be becoming be one of my favorite quotes. Become independent of the good opinion of, of others and be free from the need for approval. I, I know like that. that no matter what I do, there's going to be someone who doesn't like it, someone who may want to be rated, and then on the other end of the spectrum, there are going to be people who love it, cheer it, and support it. I'm comfortable with that fact. With that said, I've become very comfortable in moving in the direction that works for me, that's true for me. Right. Because there's no pleasing other people. You're never going to please other people, all the <clears throat> other people. So we need not spend a, a, a bunch of our lifetime trying to do that. It just doesn't work. I'm a, I think I was um, – I'm going to take an opposite approach to that. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I, I was – I think I was born – uh, like that, and, well, let's not say born. I was brought up like that, you know. So I, when mm-hmm. I was born, I was born in a, in a, in a small town uh, mm-hmm. in Missouri, and so every I knew everybody. Everybody knew your grandmother, you know, you know that type of town where you couldn't do anything because everybody knew who you were just by how you looked. You know, you look like Rabbit Town, you know. So I uh, grew up in that real small environment with a lot of love, a lot of confidence, and that kind of shaped me early on. Uh, but I moved from this little small town. There's only 2,000 people in the town. So I moved from this little small town uh, to St. Louis, Missouri, then ultimately Kansas City, Missouri, much bigger places. And so I was kind of thrown from one elementary school where you knew everybody and you knew knew their parents to this quote-unquote big city school where you knew nobody, you didn't know their parents, you didn't know what was going on. And so it kind of caused me to kind of push back a little bit because I was like, wow, this is really different. Than what than mm-hmm. what I know, and so you know, keeping it real as a country boy, you know, in elementary school, that wasn't the coolest thing. <laughs> okay. So mm-hmm. you know, so so I think I, I it developed. It's the coolest thing. Let me let me let me interject there and say yeah, that it's seldom I, is the coolest. I would thing. agree. I would agree. It's it seldom is, and it takes to your credit. It takes a lot of um, a lot of courage. And discipline, and I would even say, and I'm just guessing here, but a lot of positive reinforcement from your parents and the people around you to kind of help encourage you to kind of stay unique, you know, and kind of stay authentic. You know, I'm dealing with it right now with, with my children and sort of tell them, hey, you know, you need to be the best you. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. You know, right. you need to be who you are, be as unique and as crazy, you know, as you are, and, and really be the person that you're, that you're intended to be. And so for me, I think it was something that I probably honestly really didn't settle into until I was well into my, you know, late teens, early twenties, you know, because it just, you know, for me, it just, it just took a lot, you know, because the, the appeal, I think to try to be like everybody else and to try to fit in is, 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 is so big, you know, because everybody else is doing one thing. And you're the only person doing something different. And, and initially, it seems kind of lonely. You're like, man, I'm the only person, you know, doing this or behaving yeah. in this way. You know, something. Mm-hmm. You and you think something what, must be wrong, wrong with, with me. me? What's going on? Yeah, right. what's wrong? What's going on? What's wrong with me? And if there's no one to kind of counter that, and I think that's very true in entrepreneurship as well. When you kind of have those ideas on what you want to do, and you launch out and start this business, and you see everybody else doing something different. You know, they're going to work, they're doing nine to five, they're taking vacations, they're spending money, they're mm-hmm. buying cars and houses. And you're like, 
man, I just barely made payroll this week. <laughs> you know, you're trying to figure, you're trying to, you're trying to figure out. Yeah. Well, I made payroll, and I didn't even yeah. get, I didn't even get a check. You know, I didn't even get a yeah. check this week. Yeah. You know, and you're trying to figure out, you know, how do I keep it real? How do I continue to walk down this path? Uh, of authenticity, as we've talked about, our uniqueness. Uh, how do you continue to walk down that path uh, with 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 confidence? And so I think you know the one thing that I would share that I've learned over the years is that it's it's life, entrepreneurship, anything you do, it's a long term. It's a long term game. You know, it, it's yeah. never about it's yeah, it's it's a, it's a process, and and you have to go through it, and it's a beautiful process. And, and I, I tell, yeah, kind of talk about to my kids. I tell my daughter, I was having a conversation with one of them the other day, and I said, listen, I had a lot of friends when I was in high school. I thought they were cool. They thought I was cool. We hung out together. We, you know, we did some some legal things together, some illegal things together, you know, in high school, <laughs> and we had a lot of fun. You know, I said, but I said, but after I graduated. I said, I never saw a lot of those individuals again. You know, I said, and some of them aren't doing so good right now. I said, so, you know, you really have to decide what, what it is that you want to do and what direction you want to go. And I think the same thing is true with entrepreneurship. I know a lot of people who have started businesses. I know a lot of people who have chosen to work, you know, corporate careers or what have you. Uh, some of them have been successful. Some of them haven't been successful. But the one thing I can say about the people who have chosen entrepreneurship either as a full or part-time pursuit is that they have a higher level of self-confidence, happiness, and they're a lot more content with their lives. You know, they're a lot more content with their lives. And I think ultimately that's really what it's about is how do you, you know, what works for you and what allows you to take ownership of your life and allows you to feel happy and fulfilled at, at what you're doing in your life, you know, and and I think that's you know that's kind of what's always done it for me. What about you? Agreed. I think um, that uh, you know there's definitely not you know a, 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 a one size fits all approach um, to discovering um, uh, authenticity for one oneself or you know kind of what radiates with you, um, but. I think that one of the ways, you know, as I've gone down this journey, as you've described it, which is exactly what it is, is to understand that, as I mentioned earlier, that there is there's definitely a place and a space to embrace my passion. Right. In as as an entrepreneur, and for those for those embarking on it, you know, or considering it doing it as a, as a part-time pursuit because oftentimes that's how it begins as a part-time pursuit and it can, right. it can um, you know, evolve into a full-time endeavor. It's what makes you smile because as, as I mentioned last week, whatever it is you choose to pursue, you're going to be spending a lot of time with it. So you might want to like it. Like you mentioned the widgets. Definitely. If you don't have an interest in widgets, don't go there. <laughs> don't, don't go there. It's because though you may have short-term, uh, you know, quote-unquote success, the reality is is that it will wear on you just as hard as any job that you never liked. Definitely, definitely, that is very true. If there's inc- if there's incongruity there, it's it's there. Just because you own it doesn't make it any more 
in a, any more in alignment with you. And so I think that's an important learning. So, like, for me, I kind of got down to, you know, what is it that makes me smile? Um, you know, wh- where do I get uh, joy? What do I love talking about? What do I love doing? And wh- how do people notice that? So it's funny. I was in a, in a, in a peer board meeting today, Kevin, and – I was talking about instruction with uh, with my with my little golf ladies and little golf girls and programming all these things and every person around the board table said it is amazing how you light up when you talk about teaching and coaching. Now right. I mean, I've been thing. feeling good today and, and having a good day and we were having great conversation talking about some other you know it's kind of boring you know business stuff. But good stuff. So everything was in a good direction. But Definitely. those are the kind of reminders that that is that is what I'm about. That is what and, you're and about. I think Listen. that for each of us, that's no, kind sorry, of how go it goes. Yeah. No, I think I was what, simply saying that well, for each you, of you us, definitely, if we can you find that. Light up that golf, find that thing, find that passion. Right. Exactly. You def you Everything. definitely light up uh, about golf and and, and and that area. So as we get ready to close, Greta, why don't you talk with them real quick about where to find you and to find more information about you and your golf that you're doing and all of those things. Please do find me online. I'm available throughout social media. You can find me on Facebook, Dr. Greta Anderson, comma L E G A, on Instagram and Twitter. At D R G R E T A G O L F, Dr. Greta Golf. How about you, Kevin? And I am Kevin R. McGee. You can find me on the same www.kevinrmcgee.com. Also, pick up my book, I Am the First Success Secrets for Entrepreneurs. Do a search, I Am the First, on Amazon, also on the website. Shout out to Mark Prime and the Cap Builder Radio Network for all of their work yeah. to help us produce this show. Thanks, Mark and they team. do an awesome job. And hey, listen, send us some emails. Let us know what you'd like to hear more of, and we will try and get it on for you. But again, thank you all so much. Again, closing out, I'm Kevin R. McGee. And I am Dr. Greta Anderson. You guys have thank a great, you. great week. And give up the grind. Peace. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Give Up the Grind with Dr. Greta Anderson and Kevin R. McGee every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to Cat Radio Network to listen to this show and more. <laughs>